0: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Weekly D Show, where the D stands for Deep Dives with Dalton. I'm your host, Dalton Leno, and I'm super pumped to bring you guys another episode this week. Before we dive into my amazing guest, um, I just want to say, if you guys are joining for the first time or you've been rocking with me for my first six to seven episodes. I appreciate it. Um, If you guys aren't subscribed, please head over to Apple, Apple podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to your audio Um, subscribe to the weekly D show, leave a review. And then if you've enjoyed the podcast, please share it with one other person. That's all I ask um, just to help the show grow. I have a lofty lofty goal. If you guys don't know yet, it's to get 250 K downloads. When I get that, my girlfriend, Martina is going to come on the show for an episode where who knows what she's going to say about me. So that's the goal right now. Um, but I'll stop talking. I'll bring on my guest. I'm excited about my uh, my guest this week. So I have a good friend and mentor. He's a lover of marketing, one of the co-founders of the best gym in the world, Apple's biggest fanboy, and to top it off, the 333rd three, biggest, sorry, fittest man in Canada in 2020. Oh. I'm excited to welcome Isaac Morgado to the show.
1: Wow, holy, I feel like I have a lot to live up to with that intro.
0: I went searching uh, your uh, your CrossFit your CrossFit ranking this morning.
1: 333rd
0: in the in Canada in the open this year. It,
1: in 2020? 2020, or, it said. Or 2019, whatever. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. I'm not that fit. <laughs> but
0: uh but, yeah, I was surprised by that.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised by that. I didn't even I didn't I had no idea, but Anyways, dude, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it, especially seeing like the lineup of guests that you've had over the past few episodes. I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm amongst the greats. So I really appreciate it. It's an honor. Yeah.
0: No, I'm, I'm excited to dive into it. Um, I wanted to bring this up before we get into it. Yeah. I was creeping your Instagram. Do you know what your very first Instagram post was?
1: Uh, no. It's Is it tr- one of... Go ahead.
0: No, you, go ahead. What did you say?
1: I thought it was like one of my niece but I don't no, think so.
0: No, you, it, it's a true testament to your love for coffee. It was a mug of a cup of coffee and the caption was cinnamon bun coffee, hashtag, <laughs> y- hashtag yummy stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Is the cup like an apple cup?
0: Yeah. Uh, oh. no, it's not an apple cup. I can't oh, remember, no, I can't remember what was on it. I'll have to look it up. <laughs>
1: cinnamon was, coffee. Oh gosh. The hashtag got me yeah hashtag yummy stuff
0: and it was just one hashtag like
1: it probably blew up too it's just trending on twitter
0: definitely i think (laughs) it had i think it had about seven likes
1: oh yeah just killing in the game um
0: that's amazing but what i wanted to do to uh to kick it off is um kind of dive dive into like the early days of of isaac you know i I know i know you for the last couple years but i would love to hear hear your story so um sure Take it take it back to, to the early days. I know you grew up with a big family, and I know that had a big influence on you, so I'd be curious to hear about that.
1: Yeah, so I have four brothers and sisters, five including myself, and uh, family is obviously really, really important to me. I was born later on in like my mom and dad's life. So I had older parents growing up uh, and a ton of like sibling support. So um, not only did I have like my mom, but I had like my three sisters as my other moms as well. So uh, I was probably spoiled rotten. And if any of my brothers and sisters are listening to this, they're probably nodding their head in agreement. Um, But yeah, came from like a very traditional European Portuguese background. Um, Caitlin and I were talking about this the other day where like, you know, we wouldn't go out to like restaurants to eat. The first time I went to a restaurant, I think I was 17 years old. Like no joke. I'll never forget. Cause we went to, um, l a LA with my godfather. I don't know how this, this happened, but we're at Swiss LA and, and, you know, we're about to eat and do you know how they bring out, I don't know if you've been to Swiss LA recently, but they bring out like the little lemon water to like wash your hands beforehand. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is, I'm, I swear, it's not out of a movie. Like, this is legit. I remember, like, I went to drink it because I have no idea. And my godfather's like, no, like, that's to wash your hands. Like, I, this is all new to me. I'm just used to eating mama's homemade cooking at home. Um, but uh, yeah, like, fast forward past the personal Isaac's life, more into like the professional side of things. Um, I was probably in grade nine or 10. And uh, this is when Apple released their whole campaign with like the um, like a, a white outline on like a black silhouette. And uh, this is like when iPods were the big mm-hmm. thing. And at the time, all headphone cords were black. And this was like a white headphone cord that people were going crazy over. And I remember seeing those ads being like, man, that is so cool. I want to do that. Whatever that is, I want to do it. Um, and whatever that company is, I want to work for that company. So at like that age, I remember being obsessed with Apple, and to this day, I, I still am. Those of you who, who know me, but um, yeah, so I remember getting like my very first iPod Nano. Uh, I don't know if you know what that is, Dalton. You can. I I do. I'm not, that, it.
0: I'm not that. I'm not that. Not that young.
1: But uh, yeah, so I got my very first iPod Nano. And like, just continue to drink the apple Kool Aid. Like that was what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Um, fast forward a few more years into university, and uh, I was working at Service Canada, which is a government agency. And it sounds so hardcore. I was working I for know, this. Secret. I didn't
0: know. I didn't know this about you.
1: Yeah, man. I had. To, I've had some pretty cool jobs. Canadian Tire Sports Sports Center, sharpening <laughs> skates. Yeah, I did, I did that, that. I did that. Did
0: you? Yeah, I sharpened skates, not a Canadian tire, but I, it, back in Harrow, I did that.
1: Did you do like the legit machine to sharpen them or did you like put them in the machine and it just like did it by itself? Z- yeah. 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 Did you do the little test? Sorry, this is going to be off topic, but like it's important to know. Did you do, so you, you put the skate in the holder. Did you like mark the two skates to figure out if it was centered and then you're like, all right, let's get going. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should open up in a skate sharpening shop after this. Might as well. Let's do it. Uh, anyways, so I was working for Service Canada. I remember I was at work and I got a text message from one of my best friends, Denish. And he's like, hey, dude, I saw in the paper. That's how long ago this is. I saw in the paper that um, Future Shop is going to have a little like Apple table. You should apply. It looks like you're employed by Apple. I'm like, oh, that's sweet. So I like go to the newspaper clipping. I look where I need to apply. I put in my information uh, I get a call like I don't know, a week or two weeks later. And it ended up being a marketing agency that was representing Apple. So um I interviewed, they asked me a bunch of Apple related questions, got the job, which was cool. Um, they sent me a free MacBook. I was once again, I'm in like second year university, um, just like a broke student. So they send me at the time like the black MacBook. Uh, I was stoked, like all this free swag and stuff like that. Top of the world, man. Man, this is like my dream come true. Uh, So I remember going into Future Shop and all I had to do was just stand by this like big Apple display. They still have them in the Best Buys now um, and like just talk about Apple. And at the time, it wasn't as popular as it is now. It was more the underdog. Um, So two weeks into employment, I remember getting a call from the marketing agency and they're like, "Hey, we've lost our contract with Apple, so we're gonna to need to let you go." Oh no. Oh man, <laughs> that sucks. This is like the best time of my life. Uh, as soon as I hang up the call from them, I get a call from Apple directly. I'm like, "Oh, okay. What's this like?" I recognize the area code for being somewhere in California, Cupertino. I'm like, "What's like? This is this is strange." Pick up the phone. It's like someone from Apple who's in charge of whatever this project was. And they're like, "Hey, your numbers have been pretty solid." We did just let this marketing agency go, but we still want to employ you directly from Apple. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, okay, for sure. They're like, what were you making before? So I think I was making 15 bucks an hour, which was good at the time. The time, like the, the minimum wage was probably like nine bucks or eight bucks. So they're like, okay, we're going to actually raise you up to $30 an hour. And I'm like, okay, Okay. that sounds good. And uh, they sent me like a bunch of other free stuff. And they're like, you only need to be at the store for five hours a week, but we're going to pay you 20 hours a week salary. So you can do all this other stuff. I'm like, this is like the freaking sweetest gig. So uh, I did that for a few years. Absolutely loved it. Um, Graduated university with uh, a degree in business, specialized in marketing, minored in information systems, um, and still always had that dream of like, working for apple corporate in like their advertising branding division so um, at this point right after university i was doing university recruitment for lakehead so i got to like travel around ontario and parts of canada preaching the good word of lakehead university trying to get people to to attend that that place um, And this is based in, in Thunder Bay. And I knew like, realistically, if I wanted to work for Apple one day, I needed to be in a, in a bigger city. So I had some family in London, Ontario, um, which is close enough to Toronto that I can go back and forth job seeking if I needed to move to London at that time, Apple actually just announced that they were opening a store in London. So I'm like, do you know what? Retail isn't what I want to do, but like it's. You know, it's getting my foot in the door with Apple. It's something that I enjoy. I'll do this for fun for now. So I, uh, I applied for like a, a standard sales, sales position. It's called a specialist at the time. Um, it's just like a part-time sales associate. Got the job. Um, all new Apple stores. And this is, I don't know, if, I think I'm allowed to say this. I don't think it's a big deal. But like when there's new Apple stores that are opened, they have what's called like a new store opening in NSO. So Mm -hmm. all the employees, there's usually around a hundred in these Apple stores get brought to this NSO core experience where like you go through training for two to three weeks. It's very intensive about like culture and service and like branding and all this stuff, right? Exactly what you would think Apple would do to train their employees. That's what they do. Um, And I remember like the first day of core, so all of these people are, are waiting outside, uh, like in this hotel, uh, this hotel lobby, you get trained in like this big hotel banquet room. And once again, there's probably 80 to hundred of us. And then, you know, they're finally like, okay, you're gonna, you're gonna come in to sit down now. So remember they open the doors and like, it's just all these Apple employees and like everyone's smiling and clapping. There's like songs and people are like dancing. It's like you're entering the Ellen show. That's pretty much what the equivalent would be. Um, so I remember going in and like, at this time, I'm fairly like business serious. Um, I wasn't so much like, yeah, let's have, let's have fun and sell iPods in the mall. So this was like a new experience for me. And, uh, you know, I remember sitting down and like, they're talking about, you know, uh, the importance of, of customer service, how to address customers, all these things. And like, just being blown away by like the amount that they would invest in a new employee to work in a mall. I guess you can say. So, one of the, the the best experiences of my life was going through that NSO or that new store opening experience and um, got into the store, did really well. Like, I remember the very first day that the store opens up. Um, there's obviously a massive lineup because everyone's excited that there's a new Apple store in, in London, Ontario. And the first day that an Apple store opens up, they give out t-shirts and the t-shirts will have an Apple logo and the name of the store. So mm-hmm. it was like an Apple logo in Masonville. So I remember handing out these, these t-shirts and, um, you know, there's like little competitions that go on in on the background. Like there's no commission or anything that people work on, but you know, you want to sell stuff on the first day that the store opens. And I remember I didn't sell a single thing. On the first day, like I had no like people were like, "Oh, should I get this? Should I get that?" I'm like, "I don't even know where I am right now. Like this is just so overwhelming." I didn't sell a thing, uh, but uh, after that, I did really well. Got promoted through the ranks um, fairly quickly. Uh, within a year, I was what was called a business manager, which was running a small, uh, I guess, running a small sales team out of the the Apple store in the back, where we would connect with small local businesses and try to outfit their Facilities with Apple computers, so um, I did that, and then had the opportunity of actually working out of Cupertino and traveling around the world, opening up new Apple stores. So exactly what I experienced at the very beginning is what I actually got to do at the tail end of my career with Apple. So I opened up, uh, yeah, a few stores in New York. Um, I, I didn't know this. Yeah, this is like the cool stuff. Like that's. the the, the highlight of
0: before you dive into it i want to like i want to stop you because there's a lot there's a lot there um that's cool because um one the fact that going back to that first day where you saw that ad and you're like this is what i want to do um and knowing that that's what what you want to do and then actually uh, making that become like a reality Mm -hmm. i think that is a, a pretty cool thing in itself what like what made you like did you know that you were going to get there like in the end like or was it just like i'm I'm gonna do everything possible to try and get to that point no matter like what it was like moving to a different city or putting myself in different situations
1: yeah yeah um no i honestly did not think that it was going to be an option especially because you know this is in thunder bay like the booming metropolis of thunder bay ontario at the time right and like I, i love it don't get me wrong, but it's not a huge city, so it's not going to attract these big brands. So when I saw that ad, I'm like, "What are the chances that, you know, one of the biggest companies in the world is going to be operating in a small little shop out of Thunder Bay?" So like that blew my mind. Um, but the bigger the bigger win for me was like first day at Apple, not within Thunder Bay, but in London, seeing and going and and experiencing that you know, that NSO or that new store opening, sitting down in that room and being like, oh my gosh, like, this is such a cool experience. I would love to do this. Like, that was my really, really big goal was that's where I wanted to be. Then, you know, three years or four years later in my career at Apple, actually having the opportunity to do that. And now having people come to me being like, hey, how can I do what you're doing? Like, that was, that really blew my mind. That was probably one of the biggest accomplishments of my life.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. What was like in that three-year time period? Like, that's not a long time to go from just being someone selling on the floor to to doing that. Um, What was like your biggest learning experiences, like personally, and then maybe even professionally? Let's say from a marketing or a sales or a business standpoint.
1: Yeah, no, you know, a lot of the lessons I learned through Apple is um, affecting how I run my business here in, in London, right? So. Um, you know, not just with like the branding, the credo and the culture, um, but everything from the sales techniques to how we talk to our members is all things that I've gained from Apple. Um, The biggest lesson I had was before working for Apple in the retail setting. You know, I had this idea of what most people have when they graduate university or graduate from business. They're like, all right, I'm going to going to make millions of dollars. I'm going to have a Ferrari. It's going to be amazing. And that was like my goal. It was very much, I put success with monetary value. That's how I equaled that out to be, um, joining Apple. I was still apprehensive of like, "Ah, I don't want to sell iPods in the mall. Like that's, you know, I, I expect more from myself, yada, 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 which is horrible. And you know, anyone who's hearing this, that works for Apple now knows I definitely don't feel that way. But, um, yeah, what it really taught me was if you truly love what you're doing, you will see success quickly because I loved what I was doing at Apple. Like I would have done it for free. And management saw that. Like they saw that, wow, okay, Isaac is coming in early every day, he's leaving late every day. Um he's going above and beyond for the customer. He truly loves the brand. And because that was shown through my work, that's why I moved up so quickly it's like, yeah, like he, it, they know he's going to take care of whomever he's going to be with. So, um, yeah, a big lesson was like, it's as, as like, you know, hoity toity as it is, if you truly are doing what you're loving, you're going to see success in it either way.
0: And do you think the, the environment that Apple created as a business allowed you to operate that way?
1: Absolutely. For mm-hmm. sure. Like they so, you know, they have something that's called their credo. And their credo is just a, you know, a series of paragraphs explaining the whys behind their business. And the way it starts, like the very first saying is at Apple, our soul is our people. And you might recognize that, Dalton, because that's one of the big things that we say at movement strength as well when we're doing training with our employees is at movement strength, our soul is our people. And not only were those just words on a page, but that was like very true. So one of the things that we talk about at movement strength is, you know, just how a client can fire a coach. If a client is really not a good fit for our business, a coach can fire a client. And I know a lot of the times that seems backwards, but I want to ensure that our people are having an amazing experience as well. And if someone's treating them like dirt, I don't necessarily want them in the building. And that's something Apple preached really loudly was, you know, if you're at the genius bar and you're dealing with a customer and that customer is just cussing you out, yelling at you, whatever, um, if you have done everything that, you know, you possibly could, you're you're providing them with an amazing experience and they're still doing this, you have every right to tell that individual to leave. Um, even when they're saying like, I'm going to call the CEO, I'm going to get you fired, like all this, like, you know, you're just so secure that Apple's got your back. So, um, They really did like provide this culture of inclusion where you truly could, you know, work to your work to your potential.
0: Yeah. And the, I tell that, that line that you just told about the firing of the clients. Like I tell that, that story all the time, because I remember when you first, you, like, I heard you say it to someone else, like to an actual member. I think it was yeah. when I was listening to you and I was like, whoa. And then we had a little conversation after and, and it's true, man. And it's honestly something that obviously now having my own business and trying to create a similar culture. And, and obviously I learned a lot of things from you, but I, that's an important thing to to understand. And, um, I think, you know, a lot, not a lot of businesses or companies maybe look at it that way.
1: Yeah, no. And, you know, uh, one of the old sayings, like the customer is always right for sure. The customer is always right as long as like they're acting responsibly and they're Mm -hmm. nice human beings. Um, you know, at Apple, we always had this one saying, which was like, okay, based off of the experience the customer had, if they would go to the news or write a blog about their experience, if they actually said what the experience was, did you screw up? Like if they spell it out and like at the end of the day, you really did nothing wrong, then you have nothing to worry about. So like if you're dealing with a client and that client is just being absolutely ridiculous, they're not respecting you or your coaches, what is that client going to tell someone? Like they're going to be like, yeah, I was being a an a-wipe to them and they told me to leave okay well you were being an a-wipe maybe you deserve to leave right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we're not just kicking kicking members out willy-nilly don't get me wrong but um yeah experience is experience is everything and it really does just take like one apple to ruin the
0: bunch for sure yeah um okay so before we jump into movement right because that's a big part of what i want to talk about um take me back to finally getting that dream job of going around to opening stores and doing all that stuff. Like what was that experience like to finally kind of reach that pinnacle in your mind?
1: Oh, so cool. So it was, uh, February 14th, 2015. I'll never forget this because, um, to apply for this position, you actually had to record yourself facilitating, um, training. So I remember, you know, a few weeks before, um, I was sitting down, I asked a few of the members uh, of the team to like, sit down and let me take them through training, recorded it all, sent it to Apple HQ. And then I get a call from what's called like your store leader. That's like the person that's in charge of the store. Uh, I get a call from our store leader, February 14th. And they're like, Hey, I know it's Valentine's day. I'm sorry to bug you, but like, I just need to share this news. You got the position of it's called the global retail trainer. You got the position of, of global retail trainer. You're working for GRT now. And I was like, this is like, this makes no sense. This can't be real. Um, so sure enough, I go into work the next day. My like inbox is blown up from Apple HQ, like Cupertino, just saying like, hey, pack your bags. You're coming to Cupertino next week. Like what? Next week? Okay. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I remember getting flown out to uh, Cupertino. I was there for three weeks for training, um, just learning everything about like facilitation techniques, training behaviors, things like that. Um, then you go through this training and you go back to your store, you do your position and you wait to be called for, uh, called for a job. Like you wait for a new Apple store to open up. So I remember there was one in Australia. Uh, I didn't get the opportunity to do the one in Australia cause there was something else that popped up, but, um, yeah, I went to, uh, New York. So I opened up the store there in Queens and, um, I remember I was there for a week. They put you up in uh, it was downtown New York, Manhattan, um, right by Central Park. Like, it was really cool. I remember looking at the bills. My goodness, Apple's got some money. Um, yeah,
0: just a little bit.
1: But we were there for a week or two weeks, and then a pipe burst in the new store. So they had to close the store down. I had to go back to London, get flown to New York again. I was there for a total of almost like two months or so, um, which is great. But, uh, yeah, it was just such a cool experience opening up these stores, then got tapped on the shoulder to actually train new business managers. So I was working out of Cupertino, um, training new business managers out of like their legit training center, um, got to experience like, you know, the, the, the Cupertino head office. It's just, it was so cool, man. Such a, such a cool experience.
0: So at this point, like you're doing, you're doing all this stuff, basically your dream. Yeah. Um, at what point were you like, you know what? I don't want this anymore. Yeah, (laughs) And I want to open, open my own business because you, you you reached what you wanted to accomplish. And I'm, I'm, by the sounds of it, you were obviously loving everything that you were doing, unless there was a point where you kind of got to where you're like, "Ah, I need something different. Like what was that transition like?
1: Yeah, no, great question. So um, yeah, I, I, loved it. And to this day I will always speak extremely highly of Apple and Apple stores and the experience that employees have there. Um, But it got to a point where I knew like, I'm a very big family, family guy, family person, and I always want to be around my family. So it got to a point where I'm like, all right, if I want to do this full time for Apple, I'm most likely going to need to move to Toronto or go to California. And although those are cool experiences, um, I wasn't willing to like just pick up and and leave. Um, and I've always had this like entrepreneurial spirit where I wanted to try my own thing, mix that with a little bit of like a quarter life crisis. And <laughs> that's when I, I decided like, you know what, I'm just gonna try and do my own thing because I've always wanted to. If it works out, perfect. I get to live my life my own way. If it doesn't work out, I at least know I can always go back to Apple Cause it's not like I left, you know, in, in a bad way. Um, I always have that as an option. Right. So, uh, yeah, I needed to, I was young enough that like, if I do it and it screws up, it's okay. But if it works, then it could be something really special.
0: Right. Cause this would have been what, like three years ago then now,
1: 2017. 2017. Right. Yeah. So I did both for a little bit, but
0: yeah. So that was going to be my question. Like, I think you make a good point of having this, I, I would just call it a safe fall. Like if it doesn't work out, you know, you can go back to Apple, right? For sure. So it might make that risk of taking that leap probably a little bit easier for you in, in a small way. Um, how how did that transition go? Like you you obviously said you worked both and then you obviously committed fully after that. Like maybe take me through that process and some of the, like there had to be some fear, or anxiety or worry around around that. And how did you overcome that and finally be like all right i'm gonna go full full mode into movement strength
1: yeah so um we opened up i think we signed the lease in movement strength in like june or july something like that and um i remember i put my I, i gave apple ample notice so i think i told them right away in like august that hey just a heads up like i'm opening up a business just know I'm going to be leaving here because I'm, I'm never the type of person to be like, all right, I'm going to mail it in and I'm just going to focus on my business while I'm still working for Apple. Like I still want to give 100% to, to my career at Apple. So the plan was to leave in November. So I gave them ample notice so they can find like another business manager to take my place and all that. Um, so I gave them a heads up and already there, like I started to, you know, I have some time to save some money. I had a house already. I bought my house a long time ago. So like my mortgage was low. So I did a lot of like cost analysis to make sure that this wasn't going to bury me. Um, And, you know, what I found was the number that I actually needed to bring in each month was very, very low compared to like what I was making at Apple. So um, I don't know, maybe I'm like a little bit crazy, but there was never a moment where I was super stressed out about leaving Apple, um, or about just opening up my own business. I've, and to this day, like, it's kind of like, you know, I want the business to work. It's going to work, but if something happens, like I'm going to be okay. It's not the end of the world. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about that the other day that I never really stress out about like things working or things not working.
0: Do you think that's just because you'll just make, you'll figure it out? Like you, you feel like you have the skills and develop the skills over the years to be like, okay, if this ends, I know I can find my way.
1: Yeah. And like at the end of the day, if this ends, there's still, still so many things I can fall back on. Like, you know, I don't know if you ever listen to Tim Ferriss or you listen to anything with like stoicism and stuff like that. Like at the end of the day, if like I have to eat black beans and I can only wear like white t-shirts and sweatpants, like I'll make it work. I'll figure something out.
0: Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And then, you know, just listening to your experience at Apple and like everything that you've, you've learned from there, if anyone's ever experienced movement strength, it probably starts to make sense as to, you know, where that came from, because I'm assuming, obviously you mentioned a lot of the stuff that you've learned there, you've tried to implement at, at movement, um, how has that been for you to be able to like build your own culture and your own experience? Because it's not the exact same as Apple. And I'm sure you've been able to add some of your own twist to it. Like how have you enjoyed that aspect of things?
1: Oh, it's so cool. It's so cool. I mean, the the biggest, you know, the best part is when you actually hear it from your members or sadly, like when members leave and you see like how upset they are to leave the facility that you've created and the culture that you've created, that's where you know, like, wow, okay, I really am doing something special. Right. So um, like, I know, like, Martina came to our gym, and, you know, Martina leaving our gym was kind of tough for her. And we have that as the majority of our members that leave. Uh, There's one individual, I won't say her name, but um, she says, like, one of the main reasons she doesn't go home Uh, when school is over during the summer, is because of movement strength. And she's not alone there. there's a lot of our members that feel that way. So uh, when I hear those types of things, I'm like, wow, the culture that we're creating is really powerful. And like, that's my why at the end of the day is like, I just want to be a positive light in people's in people's lives. Um, I always try to keep things light with with my employees and with our with our members. Um, Because life's too serious sometimes. So I just want us to have some fun and smile.
0: Yeah. Good. good. Um, what are some ways that you, you do that? And like, I don't want you to give away all your secret sauce, but like, what are, what are some of the ways that you feel like you, you guys try and cultivate that experience or that community aspect, that movement that makes it different than other places? Because if you go to any CrossFit gym or any, I feel like company nowadays, everyone's like, we have the best community and we have the best culture. And it's like, well, okay, if you did, you know, people wouldn't necessarily be leaving your gym all the time or you wouldn't be struggling. You know what I mean? So like, I'm curious to hear maybe what are some of those things that you guys do really well, or at least you think you do really well. Yeah.
1: It's, uh, It's so simple. Like at the end of the day, you just need to care about the person that's sitting across from you. Right. That is the biggest water bottle I've ever seen. Oh my gosh. You got to double hand that thing. Holy smokes.
0: 75 hard, man. You got to get to water.
1: Holy cow. I'm distracted now. Um, But yeah, no, just like caring about that customer Um, simple things. Like as soon as someone walks in our door, they need to be said hi to or addressed within the first two to three seconds. Like, Has to. The only time I ever get upset with our members, it's not like if they screw up someone's programming or whatever. It's like if you don't say hi to someone or if you don't look at someone in the eyes, like that's what drives me crazy. So the basics of customer service will take you a long way. Every business thinks that they're doing it, but the majority of them actually don't. Um, That's the biggest one, man, is like just simply caring about your members will do your business wonders.
0: Yeah, no, and that's something that I really learned from from you guys in my time there was um to definitely the addressing the people they, as soon as they walk in the door and addressing people by their name. And I think it's such a small yeah. little thing that you you would assume again everyone does, but it's everyone doesn't do it. And the power that that knowing someone's name and addressing them by their name as soon as they walk in is uh is a pretty is a pretty crazy thing. And so I, I learned that from you guys. Cause I was always someone to be like, I'm not a name person. I use that excuse all the time. Like I'm not a name person. I can't remember people's names, but then obviously by the set, like you getting after people who don't say hi and call them by their name, I obviously had to learn how to call people by their name and, and you can do it. Like there's no excuse. Like you, you're able to learn every person's name and remember it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like, it's, it takes some time and like, yeah, some people are are better at it than others, but it's a skill that you can develop just like every other skill.
0: Yeah. And and even if you have to like peek at the, at the class list yeah. or if you like that, that, that does, doesn't matter. You, you know, you, addressing that person by their name is super important.
1: Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's another big lesson from Apple is one of my mentors at Apple always talked about, you know, culture eating strategy for breakfast. So um, at movement strength, sometimes we do things backwards where, Like, yes, I care that people have the right credentials and things like that. But what's more important to me is does this person culturally fit with my brand? So you could be the best trainer in the world. But if you're a jerk, I don't want you working for movement strength. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, you're gonna make our members feel like jerks. And that's, you know, that's the, the last thing that we want. So for businesses, like really hiring on cultural fit is super important.
0: Yeah, no. And again, like going through that, you know, being hired on by you guys and going through that experience, like it—it it is true. Like, I, I feel like, you know, you guys have the people in place like yourself and Luke and, and Will who have the knowledge and the understanding of the fitness world that can teach me how to program the way yeah. that you guys want to program or teach me all these things about fitness, um, that I can learn, but having that, cultural fit, you know, you can't necessarily teach that. And that's something that we've been thinking about in our business as we start to expand and bring more people on is like kind of going about it in the same way, like we need people to fit the culture. We can teach you how to use Mm -hmm. X treatment or how to approach X injury. But if you don't know how to greet someone at the door, you don't know how to communicate or or listen or do any of those things. Like it's probably not going to work out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. (laughs) Like once again, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about the way Apple hires or things like that. I'm going to get like a cease and assist, but uh, like in our, in our interviews, I remember interviewing hundreds and hundreds of people. And like the first questions we would ask would be like, if you were an animal, what animal would you be, <laughs> what, what is the most embarrassing song that you have on your playlist? Like the question of the day that we're very big on at movement strength, that was all born from Apple. Uh, Cause like you can gain a lot of knowledge based off of people's responses or they're willing to share information with you. Right. So, um, yeah, man, culture to me is
0: everything. Yeah. Those, those, those interview questions are, are hilarious. So when I was getting to physio school, I, uh, at McMaster, they have to, you have to do like this MMI interview where you go and you do scenario questions, you read the scenario on the door and then you go in and I'll never forget. Actually, I don't know if I could say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'll never forget <laughs> this question that they had. It was like, you're going to a, a, a country, like a third world country, and there's three things that you uh, that they offer you to bring. You can bring a chicken, you can bring money, and you can bring, uh, what was the other thing? Oh, medical supplies. Which, which one would you bring and enter the room and explain it to the interviewer what you would bring? And so you have like a minute to read this scenario and then wow. go in with an answer and give them an answer. And so I said chicken because <laughs> I'm bringing the chicken so the chicken can lay eggs and make yeah. food for the people yeah and then that was my that was my answer something along those lines but like my brain just goes back to that being like what kind of what are they trying to get out of me (laughs) is it
1: right is it wrong
0: yeah i don't know well i guess i didn't get into mcmaster so (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe it was the wrong answer you know
1: yeah no and there is no right or wrong answer but i remember one time um so you know we always try to have different cultures within our stores as well so like people can speak multiple languages within the store and uh, we had this one foreign exchange student um, from, it was somewhere in, in China. So Mandarin was their first language, English was their second language. And we were doing this interview and he's in a group style interview. It's not like we're giving special treatment to, you know, um, English as a second language candidates. And uh, I remember the, the question that I asked was, what songs or what, what is the most embarrassing song that you have on your, on your iPhone? So everyone's going around like, oh, I have the Disney soundtrack, or I have, you know, this song by the Jonas Brothers, whatever. And we're all like, ha ha ha. And then it gets to this, this, this candidate. And he's like, sorry, can you say the question again? So I explained it. And he's like, I just don't understand the question. Because if I have a song on my iPhone, why would I ever be embarrassed about that? I'm like, oh my gosh, man! You got the job for sure. <laughs>
0: <Such> <laughs> Just everyone,
1: answer. yeah, and everyone at the table is like, "Well, there goes our chance."
0: <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Yeah, those those questions are always interesting. That might be the first interview question I ask someone is, "What would they bring—a chicken, money, or or medical supplies—to a third yeah, country?"
1: Absolutely, absolutely. It's obviously it's an obvious one.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay. So last kind of question here before we move into some rapid kind of fire questions that I have for you, but what, um, like, what is the end goal for you? Like, you know, you're, you're building this business. You guys are, you know, what three going on three years into it. Um, you know, you're working through one of the craziest times that we could, we've all ever been in, but like, what's like the end goal for, for, for you maybe personally and and professionally, like, what do you hope to get out of all this?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question and I think with, the, with everything going on in the world, a lot of small business owners and entrepreneurs have more time than they may like to think about the future of their business. You know, when I think of the, the future at Movement Strength, there was a time where um, I wanted us to just continue to be alive in, in London. Like that was the big thing is really have a big impact on our community. Um, now I have bigger goals of like, I kind of want to redefine the fitness experience for people within Canada and we'll start there and then we can go global and things like that. So, um, when we first started, I had this whole mentality of like, well, we're a small business. We can't make a big impact like that, but like, why would I ever want to limit my, limit myself to, you know, just within, you know, my, my small community, Um, so having a bigger impact on the fitness industry within Canada is a big one for us and me personally. Um, I want to just invest as much as I can in my small business. Um, rather than like continuing to try to create other things, I'm really just going to be all in focused on movement strength for now. Um, and then we'll kind of see what happens from there. So, uh, With everything that's going on, I don't really have the mental capacity of thinking of like other things. It's just very much keeping movement strength alive and continuing to provide an unparalleled experience for for our members.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's a that's a fair thing too. I you know sometimes I forget that you know we're you're running a business in the middle of a pandemic where you guys can't operate in person. You know, and like that's a crazy thing in itself as as a as a small business owner.
1: It's tough, but it's honestly been the most exciting portion of running this business as well right like we've we're coming on four years almost of being open and um this past year has definitely been the you know had the most ups and downs we signed a lease for a new building in like february
0: i know what that feels like bro (laughs)
1: yeah you too so i can't i can't complain right uh and then you know march hits the world shuts down we do the renos that we can in the building and then we're shut down again for about a month now. So, um, it's exciting. Definitely keeps you on your toes and it, uh, you know, it forces you to figure out other ways to grow your business. Um, I want, I wasn't sure if we were going to talk about like the TikToks and Instagram reels. I I have that coming uh, up. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, like just, you know, playing around with these different platforms and, um, figuring out different ways that those things can grow your business is that's the exciting stuff for me. Like fitness is important, but like I want to see how we can reach more people and impact more lives.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think the what you guys are doing right now during, during this crazy time is a testament to that culture that you, that you built and putting that at the forefront and really, you know, hiring people that are going to fit the culture and teaching them how to continue to live out the culture of movement strength and then making the, the community members feel, feel that culture. Like, I feel like that's why people are still a big part of why people are hanging, hanging on and want to be part of movement, strength and support you guys and continue to push because they want that, you know, five years from now, they want you guys to still be there so that they can continue to have an unparalleled fitness experience.
1: Yeah, no, it's like COVID has really shown us or Corona or whatever we want to call it has really shown us um, where we should be focusing our attention with our business. We've made some pretty big Business decisions based off of what's going on in the world. We went into the pa- pandemic very much a group training facility. When we were closed for three months, um, we do have some what we call movement method clients or like clients that have individualized um, fitness, nutrition, and coaching. The clients that had the individualized fitness, nutrition, and coaching came out of that first lockdown just as fit, if not more fit than when they came in from a health perspective, Um, body composition perspective, all those good things. The members that were group clients, they didn't necessarily know how to train on their own because they've always been led in a group class. They didn't do as well during that lockdown. So because of that, we've really changed the model of our business where do you know what every single member in our facility now has their very own coach who works with them on fitness, nutrition, and coaching. So this time around with the second lockdowns, it was almost stressful because when it first happened, we didn't know like, Oh, are we doing enough for our clients? Whereas like, they're all taken care of from their coach. Sally's program is different than Dalton's program, which is different than Dylan's program. They're all doing things they need to be doing based off the equipment that they have. I'm not going to be a gym that's just, you know, doing endless amounts of live workouts and YouTube workouts. Cause like That's not what people need. Apple just released their very own fitness app for $9.99. Do you think Movement Strength is going to be able to compete with Apple on like a live workout class? Absolutely not. So what can we do that they can't do? Personalized fitness. So that's really actually changed how we conduct business. And it's a way better experience. We didn't do that from a monetary standpoint. We did it for what is actually right for the end customer and how do we actually have a bigger impact on people's
0: lives? Sorry. Yeah, that's my little,
1: that's my little no, soapbox bit.
0: Mic drop right there. Cause you know, <clears throat> you already know what I think about all that yeah. and I'm totally on board with it. And um, I think you guys are, are crushing it and moving in the right direction with all that. So I'm super pumped and excited to see like that continue to develop over the course of the next couple of years for sure. Um, okay. Okay transition into some fun little questions for you um it's kind of rapid fire but you can kind of give context if you want assault bike or rower
1: assault bike okay i i hate both if people get assault bikes to do long bits of assault bikes they're sociopaths that doesn't make sense but for like small little durations five minutes and under assault bike for sure i'm too small for the rower
0: true true okay i know you're thanks thanks for acknowledging (laughs) that (laughs) you're supposed to say nah dude you're huge now you're small yeah it's true and stature yeah 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 um clean or snatch
1: oh that's a good one mm. um man clean and jerk for dough snatch for show so uh i would say power cleans would be my be my thing
0: okay why power like why Oh, I'm, just, like-
1: I'm an old man now. A full okay. clean this requires so much more time. Power clean is just quick and dirty.
0: Okay, I like it. Would you rather listen to a podcast or read a book?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. Um, the first thing is like the first thing I think is listen to listen to a podcast, but it really depends on like where I am at the day. But listening to a podcast is pretty easy.
0: Yeah. I think I go through waves. Like, I'll go through waves same. where I'm like super hooked on podcasts and like I'll just want to listen to them like crazy and not really read. And then vice versa. Sometimes I'll have a really hard time. Like, I don't know if my head's just in a different place, like listening to any audio and I'll have to like read actually to consume information.
1: I go the same way, but it's more of like listening to podcasts or listening to audiobooks. I usually go back and forth between the two.
0: Okay. Yeah. I haven't gotten into the audiobook thing, man. I just I haven't, I haven't been able to do it. It's hard. Instagram or TikTok?
1: Man, I am. We are all in. Have you followed our TikTok?
0: I don't have TikTok. And you've been telling me to get TikTok okay, you, for my business for a long time now. And I have not yet to do it. Man,
1: you have to do it. Um, I am like on board with the TikToks. Can we talk about this? Because this is super important.
0: We can talk about it because I know how beneficial it is. And I know, I know it's dude, incredible. <laughs> the reach, dude. all of it.
1: I get it. It's not just the reach because I know people are like, oh, it's all fake reach and blah, blah, blah. It might be, but like we've actually made money from TikTok, legitimate people reaching out to us. We're working with a client from the UK right now uh, and two clients in the US from our TikTok. I get way more people DMing us, even on Instagram from TikTok. Like I can't, I'll do an Instagram reel. Sorry, I'm just super heated about this. It makes me so angry. No, go on. Uh, I'll do an Instagram reel. The views will be like 300, 400, 1,000, whatever. I'll do a TikTok and get way more views and comments, like real comments, not just fake stuff. Um, so our TikTok now, have you seen anything, Dalton, or no, is this going to be legit?
0: It's going to be legit because I've okay. seen your TikToks, but I don't know I don't know your followers. Cool. I don't know your views. I don't know anything like that. Okay,
1: So we, we started TikTok back in November of 2019 as like a, this is when we just thought it was dancing and things like that. And you had to be funny. So we didn't really know how to utilize it. So we did like one and then I gave it to one of our coaches, Annalise, who's like a influencer. I'm like, Anna, do what you want. I don't even, I don't care. I'm not going to filter. It doesn't need to be educational. Then we started focusing on actually doing educational posts on TikTok where we're talking about, you know, benefits of sitting in a squat, benefits of hanging for X amount of time per day, all these different things, why you shouldn't use bands to learn how to do pull-ups. Um, so within three weeks, we have uh, just about 19,000 followers on TikTok. Yeah. It's pretty so,
0: crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So just about 19,000 followers. We're, we're averaging about 5,000 followers a week right now. Um And it's not just like, it's an empty number. Like there's legit things that, that is coming from that. Um, two people reached out to me from Ireland yesterday because I posted a picture of our sweat, local London, Ontario sweaters. And they're like, Hey, we're not from Canada, but we would love to support your swag. Can we, can we buy it? We'll pay for the international shipping and everything. I'm like, yeah, man, for sure. So TikTok's legit.
0: No, I, I, I know I'm being a closed minded old man at 27, you know? Yeah.
1: You don't need to dance. You don't need to dance.
0: No one wants to see that, but it, no, it makes sense. And and again, I've been telling you this over the last little bit, like how, how good this, your social media content has been. Um, yeah, and I you. don't just say that for no reason. Like I, I, it is actually legit and it's obvious that it's making an impact. So I'll probably have to get a TikTok account for Dude, It's,
1: It has. It's actually just changed how I look at social media entirely. Yeah. The way that we do our TikTok is like we're not overthinking things. We're just putting out content, and now we do that with our Instagram as well. So it's like it's. I don't know. I think it's amazing.
0: So so TikTok then,
1: (laughs) dude. TikTok for sure. Get on it.
0: Okay. Oh God. Okay. You got one. You can only choose one. All right. To keep. Your MacBook, your Apple Watch, your AirPods, iPad, or iPhone. You can only keep one. That's it. Oh,
1: man. iPhone, for sure. You should have taken iPhone out. That one's... it Because okay. the iPhone is everything. Take the it, iPhone out.
0: Okay, take the iPhone out.
1: Okay, so it was MacBook.
0: Everything else you have. <laughs>
1: everything else. Uh, from a business standpoint, I'd have to say my MacBook. So I guess that's it. Okay. But best Apple product of all times is the AirPods. That's the one product if I was to lose them, I would go out the very same day and buy another pair.
0: Yeah. It's interesting you say that because I've been using some cheap, like mind you, they're really good. Like I bought these like $32 pair of headphones on Amazon that have been like they're AirPod style. And yeah, yeah. I love them. Like I love yeah. t- so I can imagine like putting uh, the AirPods in the quality of those those bad boys. Like maybe when uh maybe when I start TikTok and get some some uh some influencer posts. You guys have that Tic Tac money? <laughs> yeah, that Tic Tac <laughs> money. Um, okay. What would you ask Steve Jobs if you had the opportunity to ask him a question? Oh, man.
1: That's a good question. Um, I think I would ask him like if if the direction that Apple's going right now or of where Apple is right now if he would approve of it. Cause I think he would, but if you follow a lot of like hardcore Apple fanboys, they're like, Oh, ever since Tim Cook took over, Apple's been crap where like Apple's like revolutionized the world since Tim Cook has taken over. So Tim Apple is legit in my books.
0: Yeah. What do you think? Like, why do you think it's going in the right direction based off what you know from, from
1: just the, the impact it's, it's huge, right? Like, um, Steve Jobs was bang on with the phone. And then, you know, if it was up to what Jobs's initial vision was, the phones would have never increased in size. He always thought the phone should have been, you should be able to reach every single angle or every single um, area of the phone with just your thumb, right? So, um, you know, our bigger phones would have never existed. Um, an iPad, iPad mini would have never existed, All these things, right? So, um, yeah. Yeah, Steve Jobs is man. Working at Apple, you hear some really cool stories about about like Mr. Jobs and you know the execs at Apple as well. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I was waiting throughout like the timeline of you telling all the stories where you're like, yeah, I got this call. I was just waiting for it to be like, no, I got this call from Steve Jobs. You know?
1: No, no. no. I remember being at like the Apple campus and Tim Cook because Steve was already passed away at the time. Tim Cook walking like whatever outside amongst us
0: amongst us
1: (laughs) yeah and like i remember our our trainers being like you don't look at tim you don't talk to tim like it's like he's on a walk thinking of things right now so it's like you just don't bug them yeah i went to the washroom next to johnny ives once that was the closest thing i got he's the guy that designs all the all the computers
0: yeah i uh yeah. I enjoyed, I read Steve Jobs, uh, autobiography. It was, it was Good one book. of my favorite books. It's interesting. Yeah. I don't want to dive too much in this cause we got to wrap up, but absolutely, um, it's interesting to hear like the in, the importance they put on culture and all that. But then you look at like Steve Jobs approach to management. If you know what's being written in these books and the stories are true. It's like, it's weird. Cause it was like, seems like the opposite. He was pretty, he was kind of a dick. Absolutely. From what, from what I understand.
1: Absolutely. So it's yeah. kind of,
0: it's kind of ironic. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, this is another podcast entirely where we just talk about Apple, but yeah. yes, well, you're not Well, we basically wrong.
0: already did that. But <laughs> um, Okay, cool, man. Let's wrap up there. Um, let people know where they can follow you. They can follow movement strength. They can follow your TikTok, your podcast, all
1: that. Yeah, for sure. So you can find us at MVMT strength on Instagram, on TikTok on Twitter, all those places. Um, actually, we don't have a Twitter. I just made that up, so don't go there. Uh, <laughs> you could follow my personal account, just Isaac.Morgato um, on TikTok, on uh, Instagram, on Twitter as well. Um, and that's it. That's all. Dalton, thank you, man. I really, really appreciate it, honestly.
0: Yeah, it was fun. I, uh, You know how much I care about you and, and thankful for all the things you taught me. So I, I thought this was a fun conversation. So appreciate it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Yep. Ciao, ciao.